This episode of The Get Down is brought to you by Digital Music Pool. Digital Music Pool is the ultimate record pool for professional DJs looking for the hottest tracks and exclusive hits updated daily in an easy-to-use platform. You can find exclusive edits from myself, Cream, Adam B., Andrew Marks, Angela the Kid, Chumpian, Castra, and Pat C., only on DMP, and we're giving you a chance to try their service for just $9.99 for the first month and $24.99 each additional month. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes or on the Get Down or Cream Instagram pages, create an account, and enter the promo code CREAM at checkout for your discounted month. DMP is my go-to site when downloading new music, so become a member for just $9.99 for the first month with the code CREAM. You will not be disappointed. Click the link in the show notes or on the Get Down or Cream Instagram pages to sign up now. What's up, guys? Thanks for listening to the Get Down podcast. If you enjoy what you hear and you think other DJs could benefit from the things that we talk about on the show, we would greatly, greatly appreciate if you could subscribe, rate, and review our podcast wherever you listen to it. It's much appreciated. Thanks, guys. What's up, guys? Welcome to the 108th episode of The Get Down, presented by Digital Music Pool. My name is Cream. Gary W. here. Little different look today. Little weird. Guys, <laughs> watching on YouTube, me and Gary are together. That's the first Yeah, weird this thing. is strange. It's been a while since we've recorded <laughs> in the same room, let alone sitting next to each other. Um, but yeah, we're, we're attempting to upgrade how the pod looks, how it sounds, how, how we're putting it out into the world. So this is kind of step one. We have my Sony A, what is it, 6400? 6400, yeah. We are, you know, we're using a new, a new program to record. So who knows? We might have to reshoot this. <laughs> <laughs> Completely different look. Hopefully you guys uh, will enjoy uh, the way this comes out and, and with the higher production value. Um, we were supposed to really get this thing rolling, like episode 100, but... You know, like with anything else that you do new, something there's growing pain. Some things take time. Uh, it's really a scary venture jumping into something new like this, um, and then especially jumping in like this and not doing this on the computer is really weird. It's strange doing this kind of live. We've done live uh, podcasts before um, at the meetup. Did one in Charleston in a, in a similar setup. Um, so this is really like the only third one, I think, in 108 episodes that we've done uh, a live also, recording. previously, we used to do, uh, we did a YouTube series called Get Down With It, where we would right. bring a guest in, and uh, we had like really high production quality on that, and it was shot really well with multiple cameras, and I think like, we're going to get to that point with the podcast for sure, Yeah. Uh, but right now, like, this is the first of many upgrades, I would say. Guys, if you haven't seen the Get Down With It stuff, check it out. It's on our YouTube page. Um, it's got a dedicated uh, channel for that right on our YouTube page, uh, youtube.com uh, slash Um I think we had Dramos on one episode. We had Danny from Tampa on one episode. And uh, Brendan, Nick Damaso. Nick Damaso and Ron Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Um, Brandon Barris produced all of that stuff. Uh, so go check that out. Super high quality. And ironically, we have Brandon back on the team uh, working with us uh, on some back-end podcast stuff. So look forward to uh, some more higher production value and, and, and better stuff coming coming your way from the get-down for sure. I actually, actually, I think we had the best video we ever did was, I think, the, the meetup at Splice Studios right before oh, the COVID. Incredible. 
shot really, really well. If you guys go check anything out, I would go check that one out. It's probably the main highlight on our YouTube page. So yeah. go check that out. But yep. um, before we get into my travel stuff, let's talk more. Let's let's do this. Dive we'll into this. Yeah, yeah. So as Gary and I were, we like Gary said, we've been trying to change up how we shoot the podcast since really episode 100. So we're, we're episode 108 right now. And I think a lot of it has to do with just overcoming that first hurdle of like, how do I get the camera? What are the settings? What are the wires I need? How am I going to shoot it? How do I get my audio set up? Like there's a lot of stressors and kind of hurdles that you need to get through before you can even sit down and do what you normally do or do what we normally do in shooting the podcast. And I think this translates to anything that we want to do as far as content, mixes, producing music, live Twitch stream, a podcast. There's so many ways to think about this. And we've been struggled doing this ourselves. And like, if we're struggling on the 108th episode of doing something and trying to make something better, I'm sure you guys are struggling with things that you're trying to do in your careers as well. It's it's kind of funny because it's just rip the bandaid off. It's You just have to do it. Like you have to... T- take the time and, and set an hour or two hours out of your day and just kind of just go and do it. And then once you do it, once you have it set up, you kind of, like we said for, for this, we'll, we'll keep all the, the wiring together with the camera and everything. And this way it's one, two, three, you can set it up next time you're ready to do it. It's kind of funny though, because sometimes you procrastinate on things because you are scared to jump in and then you do it and it's like, oh, well, that only took an hour to figure out the first time. Like next time I do it, it's going to take 15 minutes or 10 minutes right. and it's going to be so much quicker and so much easier and such better value, better uh, production value happening. So like it's sometimes it's just jumping right in, like jumping in the pool. You know what I mean? It's it, you could think about it and be scared of it all you want, but until you go ahead and do it, you just, you just don't know. And a lot of times you look back and you're like, well, we just wasted four, six weeks, you yeah. know, waiting to do this. And it was just really super simple to put together. Like Gary and I found a YouTube video to help us <laughs> with exactly the one problem we were having. And previously I watched another YouTube video in what settings would be right for this, right. with my camera. And like, yeah, it took us a couple hours today to make this happen. But I think it, it is, like you said, overcoming that fear and overcoming the procrastination and in most cases, it's not going to be as bad as you really think it's going to be or as what you've built up in your head right. that it's going to be that bad. There's so many things that I've kind of held off on doing over the years. And then just the minute I did it, I was like, oh, well, this is super easy. Like, this is super simple. I don't know why I didn't start this a year ago or I didn't know why I didn't start this six months ago. Everything from payroll to you know, editing for the podcast to just really anything that's new. Like you just can't be scared to do it. You just got to kind of get, get to it and jump right in. Yeah. And I think it's, it's everyone, every level is dealing with this. No matter where you are in your, in your career or in your business, I think this is something we all have to have to work through. And I would say my tip pieces of advice would be, Whatever is, you know, the most important thing and you're kind of scared of it or that's holding you back, try to accomplish that first every day. Right. So that you start your day with the hardest thing. You have like the most brain power. You're fresh off some coffee. I would say work on the most important thing first. And then secondly, if it's something having to do with content, ideally, if you have a dedicated space for where you're going to do this, I think that to me is another way to overcome this procrastination or this fear of starting 
is, you know, have your DJ equipment set up, have a studio where you're only producing music, where you have a microphone and you have your, your studio monitor set up. Um, you know, if you're shooting Twitch or you're, you're shooting video, have your video area set up. I think those are my two little pieces of advice that I would give. Yeah. I think having, having that dedicated space that you're comfortable in that you're kind of proud of having i think that's kind of that's a that's a big one like when i redid my office like i like sitting in there i found myself sitting in the office more than i was like than i am sitting outside at the table when it's nice out uh, a lot of, a lot of times i'm catching myself like i should be outside working instead of being in my dark office but you just you create that space that's comfortable and that you're proud to have and that you really want to shoot video in because obviously video content is king right now. And if you're not shooting video content, you're going to be left behind, right? So make sure you have that, like like Kareem said, have that dedicated space that you're comfortable in and you'll be more likely to just shoot more content at the end of the day. Um, and you kind of notice it with other DJs, like Angelo comes to mind right now because he has like a new space that he's been shooting a lot of his TikToks in. Um, and I think that like he just, he's really comfortable in that space. I feel like he's been really cranking out more stuff uh, and more content, more videos. So yeah, just find that find that space no matter where it is. I mean, if you got to go outside and, and find a space, like you know, not everybody has a lot of space in their own in in their apartment or in their house. You know, you, you just kind of have to dedicate some time to to you know find it and, and get you know get with your flow a little bit. We we mentioned Brandon Barris earlier in the show, but Brandon really helped us early on in the business as far as setting up like standard operating procedures. We call them SOPs, right? right? And it's when you go to do something, what's the process that you accomplish something? So, you know, when we go to shoot the podcast, what are the, what's the order in which we do things? And once you figure that out, it's just replicating that order every yeah. single time. So whether it's, you know, set up my set up my my podcast uh, my microphone and jump on a call with Gary and plan the podcast and then dedicate one hour to recording the podcast. Then it's all the post, right? It's editing and posting, and then it's cutting po- uh, social media clips. So it's like, create that list. And the first few times, you're going to have to go check the list and be like, oh, well, what did I do? What's the order I do this in? But then after a while, it just becomes the process and it becomes second nature. And it, it's a great thing because now anytime you bring someone else on your team to work with you, or you bring a guest, or you bring someone to do your social media, you could say, well, here's the order that I do things. And it's very clear and simple, you know. Yeah, it's it, it has made it easier for us when we do bring bring on somebody onto the team. It's like here's the document, follow the document. This is exactly how it gets done, and and that's it. It's just it makes transitioning a lot easier. Yeah, and it's crazy, man. I, I keep reiterating this, but it's like we we were. I was personally struggling with this today. Right. I was just annoyed with it. I don't like technology, like <laughs> setting up. It's just not my thing. I love recording the podcast. I hate setting up the, the camera right. and all this stuff, but it really wasn't that bad. And there's so many times that I can think back where whatever I was trying to start that I was holding myself back from doing, it wasn't that hard. Right. You right. just got to do it. Right. <laughs> That's all it takes. Like you just got to sit down and do it. And maybe it's just dedicating a block of time with your phone off and you're like, I'm going to spend two hours and I'm going to figure this out. So I just got to do it. At, we had our end of year calls uh, a couple weeks ago and what kind of pops to mind, everybody put with the one thing that they struggled with in 2022 was music production. Right. And I think that's, that's what holds a lot of people back from starting their music production is the fear of just jumping in and kind of figuring out, well, every, a lot of our, you guys use Ableton, right? So yeah. it's, it's, it's figuring out the overwhelming, um, 
program that is Ableton, right? Just jump in and do it. You know, we're still early in the year. If, if you guys still haven't started your production, talking to our, our DJs uh, who, who might be listening right now, just sit down, open Ableton, and those ideas that you have in your notepad or wherever they might be on your phone, open them up and just tr- just start trying, you know? And then this way, the ball's ro- is rolling in the right direction and at least... At least your your mind's right and and it's going. You, you know you you're not just putting it on the back burner anymore. Um, I think that's kind of what we're learning yeah. today. Like stop putting things on the back burner and just jump in and just do it. That overwhelm of Ableton. I think Ableton's such a great example because it is a massive undertaking. Yeah. You're not going to sit down and learn Ableton in a day or a week or probably even a year. Right. <laughs> like right. it's a huge undertaking. But if you think about it, like all right, if I spend one hour a day or five hours a week or whatever the number is, every week you're going to learn something new and you're going to get a little better and a little better. And maybe you're not going to put out music that you really truly believe in in the first couple months. But when you listen to the first thing that you produce and then you listen to the last thing you produce a year later, there's going to be a gigantic growth that you're right. going to hear. And just listening to the, to the first and the last thing you did same thing with the podcast. Listening to the first podcast to the last <laughs> podcast, you're like, wow, we got so much better. At that. And it's going to be the same thing with producing or whatever else that you really want to help or you really want to learn or teach yourself. Yeah. Let's jump into your uh, your trip because I know we had a couple guys up there. Um, you're up in Boston. I'll let you just jump into it and, and let us know how it went and where you played. Yeah. So this weekend I was up in New England. So I've been playing uh, Avalon at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut for almost a year now pretty consistently. Uh, it, it started out as like a once a quarter thing and then it kind of moved to like a once every other. And now it's been really pretty much every month. And that gig was probably the best gig I've played there besides New Year's Eve. Uh, it was busier than it's ever been. High energy casino was busy. So it, it was a really great gig. Uh, got some good content from that gig. And then the following day drove to, to Providence first to meet up with RM and then we drove to Boston for our Royale uh, Boston gig, which Royale, the best way I can describe it is like a, a theater that holds, let's say, 2,000 people. It not only has the GA, like the main floor, but then it also has like a tiered upper level section that has a lot of the VIP areas. Um, so massive, massive space, huge stage, huge, giant 100-foot LED screen that they just put in this year. That's in a casino or it's not? Not in a casino. It's, it's, it's in like indep- the theater. It's, it's in the theater district in Boston. Okay, so it's like an independent building. Yeah, of- independent building. Okay, and uh, you know this ha- this weekend happened to be like the coldest weekend of the year, <laughs> so it was still a really busy show, and and we rocked out. I had a really great time. Uh, UFO so open opened up for us, which was great. A little throwback to like when Greg and I worked together a lot, <laughs> um, and then RM came on, and then I came on, and he and I kind of went back and forth a little bit. Uh, he's a resident there, so he knew, knows that room better than anybody else. So it was great to like get that live interaction with him and see where he took it, and you know, get his feedback while we were actually up there playing together. Were, do you play uh, like more of an artist set when you're there? Yeah, yeah, but I think I still hit the stuff that I know that, is going to work. Right. You know, I'm still. It's still a club gig. I'm, it people aren't paying to come see Cream right. to hear my music, so. While it does have some artist aspects where I might hit some records that I might not normally play in certain club gigs, yeah. it's still like, you know, reeling them in. I'm going to hit Clarity or I'm going right. to hit like the Katy Perry vocal or, yeah. you know, all the big stuff. Uh, 
I want to rock went off, okay. you know, still what, open format, leaning EDM. What did RM play? Just super open? Yeah, I mean, RM, RM kind of set me up. He threw him the alley-oop. So he okay. played like that pre, pre-headliner, pre-peak, like we got to pick the energy up but not go too hard. He left me room to do an intro and the whole nine. Nice. And then once I did that, he went on and we were just high energy the whole night, up and down. All right, cool. So it was super dope, great experience. Uh, they bring really great talent through there. And it was great that we had Tim Vu, we had Zay, and we had UFOso up there to also experience it. Greg got, UFOso got to play, but Tim and Zay were there. And, you know, RM's a really smart dude, works really hard, and been in the game a long time, has a really strong, like, business sense. And it was really great. Afterwards, we got pizza and we're just hanging out in the <laughs> lobby. And, like, just the schooling session that was happening <laughs> at, like, 3 to 4 a.m. <laughs> You had a big week last week. You're down by me in Florida. We we had a couple of really great meetings, and then it was fly up to Jersey and then go to Boston. And now we're here this week. It's just been a crazy couple of weeks, honestly. And that's kind of why, guys, we haven't... The, the, the pod's been like every other week this year so far. We're going to get... Like we said, we were kind of growing into this uh, and, and trying to get this all prepped. So that's why it hasn't been every week. But we're going to hopefully have the the pot out every single week moving yep. forward uh, more guests like we had two guests our last two, two episodes i think you're going to see more of that moving forward as well and that obviously takes a little more prep time and a little more post recording time to make happen yeah so. we haven't sat down and recorded together now in about five weeks i think it's been six weeks i know to peel the curtain back gary and i will like send emails uh like in the, in the course of the week or at out working like yeah. podcast ideas and we had so many we had to work through <laughs> we could literally shoot two podcasts with the amount of content yeah. we, we could talk about right now but. yeah um so actually right before you came down to florida uh you hit the dream Ho- dream hospitality um networking event uh which you said was a lot different than their first one i think i well then you said i think somebody told me that it was it was a, a little bit of a different feel than their first one that's kind of one of those things too, where like, I feel like they did it. They kind of went into it kind of not knowing exactly how to set it up maybe, or just like kind of what was, what was going to work best for them. And then, um, I heard that like they had a really good idea of, of what they wanted to execute this time around. And I heard it was a really good event. So if you want to kind of dive into how it went and yeah, what I thought was really interesting when I walked in, there was probably, I don't know, 40 or 50 DJs there. And of those 40 or 50, I think I knew like five or six. It's really like New York city based, very New York city and very, I think, more, way more open format and hip hop focused guys. Okay. But I think that's a lot of what's happening in New York anyway. So I think obviously we're going to have more of those DJs in that area. Right. Um, but you know, Ammo uh, and Marty Rock and then Camillo and uh, Yanni was in town. So oh, nice. The, the four of those guys kind of hosted the event, took questions. A lot of DJs were able to ask questions. And then, you know, Yanni and, and Marty and uh, they kind of had an open decks. Uh, where people kind of put on a little showcase with some of their uh, turntable skills, which was dope. I mean, Yanni is one of the best. That's ridiculous. He's ridiculous. Where's he? Go- where's he at now? I actually think he lives in Colombia now. Like Jesus, the country of Colombia. <laughs> but I know he he was originally New York based, and then he moved to Cali. And I, I he's been all over the world, man. So yeah, I, yeah. But yeah, I think the event was really cool. And what it really opened my eyes up to was that. There's so many lanes for you to be successful in this world, right? There's like so many little pockets of things that are happening in not just nightlife, but the music industry as a whole, 
where if you find something that you're really, really interested in, if you go all in on that space and you really dig deep into that world, you can really make a career uh, of whatever it is you want to do. Maybe it's more, maybe you want to be an A&R, maybe you want to work for a record label. Maybe you want to be more of a, uh, like a studio, uh, tech. Like there's just so many ways that having this DJ skill and this, this knowledge of music, there's so many other places that you can go, not just as a DJ or even as a DJ, you want to be EDM it, just within EDM. Do you want to be dubstep? Do you right. want to be garage? Do you like, there's so many worlds that if there's something that you really, really find passionate, go all in on it. That's, that's what I would say as coming from someone who's dabbled all over the place, has been open format, has played hip hop, has played Latin, has played EDM parties. Like I wish I went all in on one thing. The one thing that I was really passionate about, which I guess at the time was open format. Right. But I don't know. Just looking back, that would be the the two, it's, two it's, cents that I put in. It's kind of funny. Like I like doing all the different parties. Like this weekend, I mean, it's every weekend that I work. Like I'm doing Latin night tonight, and then tomorrow is going to be like regular open format, I guess you'd call it. And then I have a drag brunch on Sunday, which is going to be completely different than everything I play. And then a headlining set at Birch on Saturday, and that's going to be completely different than my other three gigs or four gigs that I'm playing. So then there's a an afternoon set on Saturday that's just going to be we, like, you know, it's Afro and, and just different music that I want to listen to. I like that. Like, I like to be a little bit, like, dabble in a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, no, but that's, that's what you, that's what found, you that's are. My, that's what my that's lane is. That's your lane. That's what right. makes you happy. That's what right. you like. But if you're, if you want to be an EDM artist, like, don't take the, the hip hop gig. Right. It doesn't make sense to help you push you forward right. in that direction. You know, go to those events that would help you push forward in that direction. And then also to go, to go back on what you were saying before that there are so many lanes in this industry. Like uh, the first person that came to mind was um, what's his name? Toro. Toro's at Music Choice, right? Yeah, he does the uh, I don't programming. Know if he's still there, but he was the he was doing the pro. Like that was something that like I didn't even, wouldn't even think of like that's a career path. And like that was that was you know Toro. If you guys don't know who that is, is uh, was a very successful DJ or is a very successful Scam DJ artist right now. Huge New York City radio DJ. Um, amazing amazing dj my personal favorite like club dj to go see when i was starting i, I opened for toro yeah he was a lot of times man and i used to always take things from what he was doing to help build the cream but as, as he transitioned out of djing he started to do this music choice thing as a music programmer and like you just kind of think outside the box anywhere that there's music involved there are career paths there uh on the back end if you know if you're not going to if, if you're not going to cut it as the artist, there's always other ways to stay in the game. Just, you know, you just have to kind of think outside the box is all. Yeah. Um, so. Interesting. It's just interesting. Uh, understand what you want to be. Once you know what the big goal is, you can figure out all the small stuff to, yeah. to get there. I think Dramos talked about it uh, when we had him on moon, many moons ago. <laughs> but it's like start with the big goal and, and figure out how to get there. Figure out how to become the EDM artist or the turntablist or whatever you want to be. Yeah. And and also, one other thing, don't be afraid to change lanes, you know? Like if you're doing one thing and it's not making you happy anymore, you can change lanes and go do something else. Yanni talked about it at this meetup because, you know, he was doing more open format hip hop stuff, Latin stuff, and then now he's transitioned over to doing way more house and EDM. And that's what that's where he's focused. And it's like, no matter how many years you're in it or 
how few years you're in it, you could always change the, the lane that you're you're in. Yeah, I mean, Chewy talked about it too when we had him on. Yeah, Chewy's like, another great uh, example because all those guys kind of rolled in the same in the same crew, and they all kind of transitioned out at the same time. They all left the area and and grew their brands outside of the outside of the tri-state area and did a really good job with their production and um and now they're all extremely successful so you know they they all left the tri-state area and and anyone that that grows and gets bigger you have to leave your hometown like yeah. you have to leave even if your market is new york city even if your market's la if you really want to grow you have to leave your market because to be quite honest like the way that I get treated when I go play shows in Connecticut and Boston and DC or wherever is way different than how I get treated in New York and New Jersey, where it's like <laughs> these places are booking me for a high dollar amount. They're taking care of a lot of things, hotel and all this stuff. And they're trusting you with their, these big rooms. And then you come home and it's like, I can't get into certain venues that I want to play in New York City. And it's yeah. like, I'm playing these venues out of state, but I can't play them in my own state. I think that's a good this is a good lesson for anybody who does travel or you're just starting to travel. You are going to always get treated better. Yeah, of course. But you're either going to roll out the red carpet when you are on the road. Like, so when you come home, don't think that that's the norm because it's not. Like, you're going to still get treated as the guy that got booked five years ago at that place that you're just, you know, you're just cream from, from Hudson County. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's, it's, it's a little different. I because I've seen guys leave and go travel and then expect to get treated that way when they get back and they expect that dollar amount when they get back and it's just not the truth. Right. You know, it's it, right. You have your home market rate, which hopefully is at the top, right? Right. If you're traveling. And then when you travel, you have your travel rate. And right. those are two different things. And obviously it's something that we've never talked about on the show. That's why if you you know, just getting into that and letting guys know that are starting to travel, that's that is a thing. Right. So you, you want to price in let's you know, if 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 you're traveling to another state and you have to stay overnight, you want to, of course, try and negotiate that into the deal, right? They pay for either the hotel or your flight or both. And then you also get a flat rate on top of that. Yeah. Sometimes you'll get an all-in number where they'll give you X amount of dollars and that will pay for your DJ, your travel, and your hotel. And usually that number is even higher, right? So if you are getting asked for, for travel gigs, like you better be making more than what you're making in market because it takes a lot more effort to get there. And a make hell that of gig a lot happen. more, a hell of a lot more. I mean, even like even, even gigs that are in the state that you have to go two hours and three hours to like, you have to negotiate a higher rate for the, all that travel that's involved right. in that. For sure. Um, it's 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 interesting. Like I said, it's something that we haven't talked about, but it, it, something that I thought about too when I was coming up here was asked to do a gig, and it was like I had double booked myself already anyway. But like I was doing the math and trying to figure out if it made sense financially to take that gig. It was a better gig than the ones that I'm playing, but at the end of the day, you have to build in all that. Is it, it's a two hours there, and two hours back, and does this make sense? And, and is this going to affect? A gig tomorrow or the next day or the same day. Your headlining Saturday night gig. If you're going to go travel to do a day gig, like all you have of to that take stuff. all that stuff into account. And Gary and I, we know now at this point that if we have a lot of stuff that's going on in the middle of the day, it could affect our our night set. If you know we didn't get enough sleep the night before right. and we were traveling and all that stuff, so I, I think understand what the the range of prices is in your market. Right, work to get to the top of that market. Work to play the best places in your market. And then as you start to travel, 
understand that your rate to travel has to be at least a couple hundred dollars more, at least. Yeah, yeah, at least. Now, there's always going to be situations that you really want to take the gig and you, you want to make it work and you take it for, let's say, you're a little over your, your, your home rate, right? But I think a way to combat that is take, take it for that rate. Don't complain. You ask what the rate is. You take the gig. You want to go travel. You want to play this gig. Go crush the gig. Do an amazing job. When they say, yo, Kareem, you crushed it. You did so good. We can't wait to have you back. When they hit you up the second time, you say, listen, I really wanted to work in this room and I took it for my home rate. But moving forward, it, I would really like to get booked at my travel rate, which is X, Y, Z. I think that's how you play it. Having, having that number figured out in advance and, and coming to the table prepared to negotiate is crucial. Like you can't, you can't walk into a – because it's happened so many times. Where you walk in, you want a booking, and you finally get in front of the manager or the owner, and then you're talking, and now you're like blindsided by numbers. You have to have a number in your head, and we've learned this over the years oh, yeah. the hard way. Um, you have to walk in with a number in your head and then a backup plan as to, okay, this is where I'm going to settle. You know, and then d- does it make sense for me? Like, like we said before, because a lot, sometimes you can really want, you, you could really want a venue and a gig, but if it doesn't make sense for you financially, like, I don't know, you got to, you have to do the balancing act to figure out like what, what the, uh, the positives and the negatives are, uh, if the number's not right for you. Right. Cause I mean, sometimes they, they'll either bring them the money up right away, but sometimes they won't. And you'll get to the point of like, well, I'm available on these dates. And they're like, all right, we'll take this one. And you don't know what the rate is. Yeah. So you have to really understand, is is this a place that I want to play no matter what the rate is, at least for the first time? Or is this a place I'm only going to play if it meets my out of town rate or my whatever rate it is? There's so many variables that go into trying to book a new gig and understanding what the what the number should be and what value it brings to you as a, as, as a business. Um, every situation is different. It, it's hard to say this is how to handle this yeah, because no. every situation is completely different. Even the stuff with, they might pay for your hotel. They might not, they might pay for your flight. They might not. So like, these are all variables that affect what the number needs to be. And that's why every situation is different. And you just, you really have to understand, like you said, is this something that I want to do no matter what? Right. Or is this something that I'll only do for a certain rate? Having that plan is, is going to be key. Write it down, you know, and, and, and have it have like bullet points or one, two, three, or most important to least important and, and, you know, why it's valuable or why it's not valuable or, you know, and, and, and this is the number, this is the high number, this is the low number. Yeah. All of these things will help you in, in the negotiation process and the, and, and the, the conversation you're going to have pre-gig. We haven't, we haven't done a money or negotiations or, or no, we haven't actually in a long time. And maybe that's something that we'll tackle in one of our next few episodes here. Yeah. Uh, I think we haven't really talked about that in a full episode since like pandemic time. Yeah, I think, yeah. So it might be a good idea to, to revisit that conversation here in the next couple episodes. So yeah, numbers have changed um, over the last year for sure. Uh, I, I feel like at least in our market, I don't know if it's it, it has something to do with us a, a little bit, but the the rates have changed a little bit. Um, but also, everything costs more at this point, so yeah. you know, rates have to go up. Um, and I, I think as we talk to people in different markets, it's it's all pr- pretty relative. I think. Yeah, we've had conversations with a lot of our venue owners towards the end of the year, and I think the overwhelming feedback has been. 2022 was a huge year for a lot of our venues, which in my mind always (laughs) sparks, okay, it's time to ask for a raise type thing. But 
January, February, this is always a slow time. It's not the time to ask for that raise. It's not the time to talk money. You're, you're hoping to just hang on to all your gigs. We as a company lost a ton of gigs this month. Yeah. And we told our guys like, listen, don't be disheartened by this. It's just the flow of what happens in February in New York City and New Jersey when it's, you know, freezing cold and snowing and the venues just aren't getting as many people through the doors. It's just the way it works. Once we hit St. Patty's Day, things start going the other direction again. So don't don't. Yeah, if you're a young DJ and you're listening to this and you you lost a gig or two or four in in the month of January, February, you know you have to remember post football season is notoriously slower. Slow. It just absolutely drops off for probably the next four weeks, like Cream said, until about St. Patty's Day, uh, or at least in the Northeast until it gets a little nicer. Um, but the gigs will bounce back; they always do. Yep. And I say this every year. You know, we're, we're at the Super Bowl, so it's a little late for this, but I don't think it's a terrible idea if you guys have been DJing Sundays or you've had your eye on a venue that you want to work at, approach some venues about potential ideas for Sundays. All these venues are going to be looking for stuff to do post-football, and if you have a good idea, they're going to be way more likely to bring you on, and maybe that's an extra gig or an extra day that you could work every week. Maybe a Sunday is a way that you start your own party type thing, so Keep that in mind and have those conversations like this week, as soon as you you hear this. In speaking about rates, remember that your Sunday rate, your Sunday football rate, if you're doing a football party, is go, always going to be way higher because the ring it, for food and drink is, is always going to be way higher during football. So don't think that that's the rate you're going to get for your new party that you're trying to throw. You're probably looking at more of an afternoon, what I would call like an afternoon rate, like an off peak. Yeah, you're going to get an average DJ rate on a Sunday f- uh, after football. But you have like. you have to remember that something's better than nothing, right? You might not you like I said, you're not going to get a headlining rate. Like football, some football gigs, you will get a headline rate. It is a longer day, don't get me wrong, but yeah, definitely for the if you're going to try to throw a new party, it's going to be it's going to be just an average average DJ rate. Let's get into some Grammy stuff, I think, right? I think you guys are going to be mad about this, but maybe not. I don't know. At least what I have to say. Oh, man. Um, I, I guess Beyonce was kind of the, the big talk around from what I saw. I don't know if it's because of my, who I follow on social media, um, but Beyonce was kind of the big talk and, and Diplo making that, that comment uh, when she won. Uh, what was she? Best Dance Album, right? Which is an absolute... That's what it was, right? Best Dance album? Yeah, she won Best Dance Electric Recording with uh, Break My Soul. She won Best R&B Song with Cuff It. And she won something else. But she got her record 32nd Grammy, which is pretty pretty incredible. Pretty amazing. But that she should never have won Best Dance album. Yeah, Best Dance album. She was up there with with, uh, Diplo, Odessa, who else? Diplo, Odessa, I, I had it up before. We made a list of all the albums that, da- like, da- albums I would consider dance albums. Right. Like, that came out in 2022. Fred Again, Alice in Wonderland, Griffin, Honey Dijon, Cruella, Odessa, Swedish House Mafia, Diplo, Wax Motif, and Rufus Dos Sol. I mean, that Rufus album was ridiculous. It was why, that was my favorite album of the year. I don't, th- I don't personally think that the Beyonce album was a dance album. I agree. Period. I think that's my biggest issue. That, she had that, Break My Soul was a dance song, 100%. Could she have won the you know, best electric dance recording for Break My Soul? Sure. Sure. Because it was a little revolutionary in the way that she brought, um, she brought that genre to, to the forefront. 
Um, it's that, just like cl- classic house song. Like it reminds me of like a show me love type record. It's obviously not as big as that record, but uh, that style of song. It's in my, it's in my classic house crate. Yeah. Like, like it's, it has that sound for sure. Like everybody, everybody like black box and, and who else like Shannon and all that stuff from back in the day. That's kind of where that, that came from. Um, so I'm okay with that having the, that, that being the best dance recording, but the album overall, I, it's not a dance album to me by, by any means. Yeah. I don't know. The Grammys, any of these award shows are tough for me because it's like old white guys in an office <laughs> making decisions many times. And like, to me, that doesn't represent what's, what's actually happening. Like who has the greatest effect on these all different genres. And to me, like, that's how I think of it. Like what artist or what song had the biggest effect? What song did I play the most? What did I want to listen to the most? And like, I don't know if they always think about it in that way when they're choosing the winners. I mean, what Beyonce put out into the world, great album. Like it was great. Incredible. And it was great on a lot of different reasons because she did something different. Um, she you know, used a lot of, uh, she, she used like Honey Dijon as a, as a producer for two or three songs. She used a lot of really great producers for the album. So on that end of things, it was great. But like I said, like to be, a, to be up for best dance albums, a little shocking. Yeah. All right, so what are some of these other ones? Like, Album of the Year, Harry Styles, like, I couldn't name one track off well, the album. You, because... But I know he's super talented. The reason why that... Harry Styles will get lost in the DJ community because none of his stuff is on any of the pools because the the um, the label will not let his stuff be on any of the pools. Same with Beyonce's record. None of Beyonce's stuff is on any yeah. of the record pools. But people did go out of their way to grab her acapellas and throw them on... on um, on remixes and whatnot. And she also put out a lot of really great remixes along with that album. But the Harry Styles stuff gets lost, I think, in the DJ community because it's just not out there. And it's just not not really playable stuff anyways. Should there maybe be a couple more edits done with his his vocals? Probably. But like we said, they're not going to get put up on on record pools anyway. Um, Record of the year, Lizzo. I think that's fine. Yeah. Like, that's fine. It was a good song. Like, feel good. I think it crossed all super pop, yeah. Feel good track, right? Yep. Song of the year, Bonnie Raitt. I don't know. No idea. Best new artist, Samara <laughs> Joy. Don't know. Best dance album we talked about. Best rap album, Kendrick. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And then we obviously got to touch on Bad Bunny, right? Bad Bunny started the Grammys, which is pretty dope. Yeah, it's crazy that he... It wasn't known that he was opening the Grammys, right? That, that was That's kind of a, a secret thing every year. Yeah. I, I just learned that... and. and you guys are gonna probably roll your eyes. I just learned that opening the Grammys is like a big deal. Like if you if you do the uh, the opening act, um, I guess it's just how much attention I'm paying to these award shows. Really, um, what did he? But I asked somebody what he opened with, and they were like, "Oh, just like some." It was like a generic salsa song. No, he he did. Uh, I can't think of the the name of the song right now. So he did one Off of his tracks. Album. Off the new album. Oh, I asked somebody, and they were like, "Oh, I, I didn't know the track." I was like, kind of thrown off by the fact that the person that I asked didn't know what it was, but anyway, dope, super dope performance. I mean, he, he won some awards. I'm sure he probably could have cleaned up a little, a little more based right. on his impact on the music world. Right. Like how he didn't have album of the year kind of blew my mind. Yeah. Um, to me, the biggest takeaway though, besides the Beyonce dance thing, the, the bad bunny in the beginning was, I don't know if you saw this. Cause I know you said you didn't get to watch a lot of the Grammys. I had to watch most of it like afterwards, but they did like this tribute 
to uh, 50 Years, 50 of, years of Hip Hop, I heard which was, was awesome. dope. Yeah, my dad was like loving it. He hit like, me up. He's like, you got to really go watch dope. it. Yeah, I got to go and back I guess and watch that's, it. That speaks to, uh, you know, kind of what we came up with. Right. And I, I, I'm guessing some of the younger viewers or listeners to this podcast, like maybe didn't know some of those artists or some of those songs. But from someone who's grew up on that stuff, I thought they did a really great job. I think Questlove produced the whole thing. So he kind of right. put together the whole flow of the show. Really dope. So how did how did it go? Like, what was the what was the show like? I mean, it was literally just like artist after artist, like coming out performing one or two quick parts of their songs, and then like a quick break, and like the new person would come out and, and really perform. okay. It's like and- Busta, Missy, uh, man, uh, who else? Like Wu Tang stuff. There was so- they get Run DMC on there or no? Uh, I don't know if Run DMC was on there. Like any classic eighties? L Cool J? Yeah, they have like the whole like throwback 80s and 90s set yeah that's cool uh and it was just cool to see all the artists jay-z like everybody vibing like really vibing in the crowd any um any dj featured not did they have a dj on stage not that i saw no okay but god that's such a it's such a part of hip-hop it's it's kind of you know grandmaster flash and you would think that like they would have had like a DJ performing, but I guess the way the the show was set up might have been a little difficult to yeah. pull that off. It was just cool to see, and I think it, it's like I think back to the Super Bowl last year with right. like Eminem and and uh, you know Fifty and Dre and Snoop and Kendrick, and I think that created an opportunity where you can like go play some of that music and right. start hitting again. Yeah, I think this is another opportunity where we might be able to go as DJs go hit some of that stuff that was featured on the Grammys just because. It's going to be viral, right? It's going to be on TikTok. It's going to be all over the place where some of those clips and some of those tracks might get big again or get popular, or at least when someone hears them in the club, they'll like know what they are. I say that all the time that like I haven't been playing old school hip hop a lot, if at all. And like, oh man, oh man. Yeah. Like I got to go back and and I want to dig into my crates a little more and do that a little bit. Um, Speaking of old school hip hop and you know, older, older, uh, music 50 cent, get rich or die, try and turn 20 this week, which is crazy. Um, and so many, so many classic songs off of get rich or die, try and I'm going to definitely play a bunch of that this weekend. I don't know how, I don't know how it's going to be, how well recepted it's going to be, but, um, definitely a classic album, uh, that I'm going to hit up all weekend long. Yeah, so here here was all the the eighties and, and nineties guys. So LL, Grandmaster Flash, Melly Mel, oh, okay, uh, yeah. Grandmaster Flash, Furious Five. They played. They did the message, performed the message. Public Enemy, Run DMC, Jazzy Jeff, Ice T. Yeah, the Method Man performance was really dope. The Busta Rhymes performance was really dope. He's a great performer. I've seen him a couple times. Busta's like lived in the New York club scenes. So like <laughs> there's there's been a couple of nights where Busta just pops into the DJ booth and it's like, oh shit, Busta, yeah. what's up? And like you play a couple of his records, he's like, I'm gonna do like three. And I'm like, right. all right, what do you want to do? Yeah. He's, he remembers everything. It's crazy. He's he has been a staple in in New York City club culture forever. Like he was at opening night of Pasha and when he rolls in, he doesn't like roll in like just him. Like it's like fifty deep. Yeah. Um but his his performance has always been incredible. I mean, he was like a cartoon character growing up, you know, like that was kind of his persona. Um, I remember I saw him with like, uh, on the whole bad boy, uh, bad boy did a tour back in like the late nineties and he was probably the best performer of, of like the 12 performers that I saw that day. Yeah. 
it's just good to see, you know, hip hop and, and dance and all these other genres, the Latin music, like Spanish music, just getting a little more shine on the Grammys. It's like about time, you know? Remember when we were younger, it was really dominated by country music, which was crazy. And I remember watching like, who the fuck listens to this? Like, what is this? I don't even know who this is. <laughs> it was really dominated by country, but it, it's nice to see that you're right, that they are bringing hip hop more to the forefront um, over, over the last yeah. you know, 10, 15 years, whatever it might have so, been. So no, it's, it's good to see they, they gave some shine to, to the classic hip hop artists and performers. Um, you know, they, we always say they can do a better job, but yeah. All right. I think this is a good point to wrap. Yeah, I mean, for sure. We, we kind of hit on a lot of stuff today, but like we said, we haven't talked together like this <laughs> in what seems like a month or so. So anything we want to promote? Gary is in town this weekend. Yeah. I'll be at, and next weekend. I'll be at 626 tomorrow. Um, well, Friday, February 10th. I mean, this might not even, we don't even know when we're putting this out. So, oh yeah. So check Gary's schedule for where he's going to be. If you want to yep. pop out on Gary, he's going to be around yep. for the next two weeks. Um, I am local next weekend. I'm down in central and South Jersey this weekend. Um, but yeah, check, check the Instagrams, follow us, follow us. Get yeah. down DJ Grope on all platforms, Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube for sure. And be on the lookout for a new TikTok and a new Instagram for the Get Down. It will just be uh, probably the Get Down, but we'll let you guys know um, as we solidify all of that stuff. But be on the lookout for that because with this whole new look, we're going to be uh, having a whole new look on our on our socials as well. So for sure. One other thing before we go, uh, Digital Music Pool is the sponsor of our podcast. I'm an exclusive editor on there. Angelo the Kid, Champion. Uh, Adam B, Pat C, ton of guys. We're adding more and more guys, what seems like every month. Uh, if you want to check out DMP and go check out the only place where you could download our music, uh, click the link in the show notes or in our Instagram profile, my Instagram profile. You can get the first, first month of DMP for $9.99. So definitely go check that out. Really dope record pool and supports what we do here at Get Down. So shout out to those guys. But let's wrap here. So thank you guys for listening to this episode of The Get Down. My name's Cream. Gary W. Peace. Peace, guys.